Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Gather around your speakers, hoop heads. It's NBA story time. Jamel Johnson here to spin you tales of NBA shenanigans you didn't know you needed to know. Like that time when a little startup league tried anything to be relevant. Or when Ricky Davis earned himself a dumb nickname. I also love you, Ricky Davis. Catch a new tale on NBA story time every week. Then listen to the post game where I break it down with comedians, ballers, and what have you. Find NBA story time on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Guys, what's up? want to take a quick second to let you guys know that our podcast is supported by Anchor. That's right. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. I'm doing this ad from my phone as we speak. Anchor will contr- will distribute sorry, your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minim- minimum listenership. Evidently, I can't talk. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now back to the show. Week 13 of the Washed Up Walk-Ons podcast. It is the last episode of this first season before we take a break. And what a season it's been. Thank you guys for making this something that we never thought we could turn it into. And what a better way to end the first season than with an exclusive hour-plus-long interview with James Daniels of the Chicago Bears. Let's have a day. Let's go. Welcome back, Washed Up Walk-Ons fans, to week 13 of the podcast. This is our first episode without Iowa football actually playing a game. Um, 
so we're we're gonna have to come up with a little new content for you guys and uh we dropped a little teaser last week that said we might be having a special guest and uh luckily for you guys we came through and uh we've got jd james daniels of the chicago bears um on the podcast tonight and uh we've got some really cool questions for him i think he's going to give you guys an awesome insight into um his upbringing his his family background um his road to iowa which then led him to the nfl and all of his successes so far in his young career so uh without any further ado i'd like to welcome on james daniels as our first guest of the washed up walk-ons podcast yo 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 what's up let's go hey i've been listening to the walk uh washed up walk on on twitter i've been seeing it so it's very nice you guys are having me thank you man we'd love to have you on appreciate you coming buddy wow I feel honored. Yeah, we're pretty we're pretty excited to have you as the first guest, JD. Um, first we, one, uh, so hey. Yeah, we got to make this. So I get like a shirt good. for free or something, right? Yeah, like we a, might be able to hook hat? you up once we figure out our our own shit. Yeah, um, okay, that might okay. be able to All happen. Right. I'm not split. <laughs> I'm not split. Um, so JD, fresh in the off season, first season in the NFL is in the books. How you feeling, man? <sighs> I mean. Right now, right now, I'm feeling pretty tired. NFL <laughs> season, way longer, way longer than college season. We have five preseason games, 16 regular season games. In college, you only have 12 games plus the bowl game, so 13. So really feeling pretty tired. And it also sucks because I start class tomorrow morning. So, I mean, really tired. Starting class. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, got to come back finish my degree. Okay. Okay. That's what you're doing. Okay. Hey man, so you, 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 so yeah, I didn't know that you're back. So you're back in Iowa city and you're going to, and you're going to graduate this spring. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, uh, what, what's that degree? What are you, what are you getting it? Health and human physiology. Okay. Yeah. Hey. Join the club. So hey. we, we, we now have four health and human physiology soon to be graduates, uh, on the washed up walk-ons podcast right now. Right, right now at this single time. Um, we got a lot of questions, JD, for you. Um, we wanted to make this about you as much as possible because the fans that listen to this show hear enough of us on a on a week to week basis. Um, and I think from what we've heard on on Twitter, uh, we've definitely got the one thing that everybody wants is guests, and so we're here to provide that tonight. Um, let's start by talking about. You before Iowa ever happened, before you were ever an Iowa Hawkeye, um, your dad played in the NFL, correct? Yeah, yeah, he did play in the NFL. Played for um, first he played at Ohio State, then he played for the Minnesota Vikings. That's dope. Man, um, that's dope. How uh, how old were you when he retired? When when he uh, when he hung him up? I will have been. So his last year, I guess you could say his last year in the NFL. So he played over. So the NFL used to have the thing called NFL Europe. And he uh, played for this team in Germany. And his last year playing on that team was 2001. So I would have been, I would have been three or four when, when that happened. Oh, okay. God, you're young. I keep forgetting about how young you are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How old yeah. are you, James? 21. 9, 21 years old. The man just finished up his first year as a starting NFL guard, and he's 21 years old. And uh, all of us are 24, uh, sitting in our living rooms, and uh, 
we've got we've got a much better guest to hear to hear than uh, just hearing us talk. Right. So so JD, your dad's in the NFL, or he he was he retires, and then um, and, and Lashawn, one of uh, another good friend of all of us, he comes to Iowa to play football, and and what's the thought process there? You're a, you, you were a big time recruit, right? Um, had multiple offers. What's the thought process there? Take us through choosing Iowa and, and following your brother and coming to play for coach Ferentz. What, what was that like? Okay. So first my, uh, my older brother, he was LeSean, he was committed to Boston college. And then after his senior year, I remember Brian Ferentz, he came to my high school he uh he talked to my brother. I think I think they offered them offered him, and then he like talked to me and like a couple other. I was a sophomore at the time. He talked to like a couple of us like younger players, and I remember I always at first I was like I was like Iowa. I was telling my brother like Iowa. Like I remember when my brother first told me they offered him. When Iowa offered him, I was like okay. I mean I I really don't know much about Iowa, and so I was like I mean I th- I think you should stick with your Boston College commitment. And so then uh, he takes his official visit out to Iowa. And one thing, like when my brother was getting recruited, my dad always made me go on the visits just in case if I get recruited by a team later, my dad, he could, I could, I already met the coaches, already met, already had a visit there. So we wouldn't have to go twice. And so I remember, uh, I remember first going to Iowa and we're in the, uh, we're in the old complex and you know how the, how they had that upstairs area. There's the weight room. And yep. the um and like the coach's office were on the right, the weight room was on the left. I remember walking through and seeing like all the pictures and and saying like seeing all the players that played at Iowa and it was amazing. Like I never knew I never knew any of those players played here. And so that was so that was pretty cool. And so then after the visit, my brother, I mean, he likes it, then he ends up committing here. And so then my recruit so after after my brother commit after my brother commits, then my recruitment starts to pick up sophomore year I had I had like four or five offers I had Iowa and I think Michigan State those were my only big 10 offers then after my junior year of high school I started getting offers from everywhere Ohio State Alabama Auburn UCLA yeah 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 all that stuff and going to I remember going like when I was gonna make my commitment I just wanted to go to the place that I would become the best player that I could become. I know every 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 school I was going to go to, of course, like they have people in the NFL because I mean these are big name programs. But I just right. wanted to go to a place that would develop me the best and make me the best player I became. And my brother told me, like my brother told me, like the stories, the success stories about the linemen at Iowa, and I believed them. So that's the that's the reason why I went to Iowa. Of course, I mean yeah. it was. I would have never went to Iowa because because of my brother. Like my brother wasn't there, I probably would have never went to Iowa. But I didn't go to Iowa because of him. He just opened right. my eyes yeah. up to the. He just opened my eyes up to like what the Iowa program and what Coach Ferentz and what they're all about. Yeah, so I, then, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, and uh, then I wanted to I wanted to graduate high school early because I was I was just sick of high school, so. I commit to Iowa, I think, August, August or July before my senior year. Then I enroll in classes that uh, following that following uh, spring. Yeah, I mean, so, that's become a little more popular these days. You know, kids 
uh, foregoing their last semester of high school and coming to college early. What was that like for you, you know, just, you know, jumping into the mix of things right away without really any other freshman around you? And, you know, you're pretty much thrown into spring ball with, you know, you really don't have a whole lot of idea of what's going on. So just tell us a little bit what it's like to go from high school to college just right away, like just jump right into it. Okay. Uh, first, I think a lot of um, a lot of like high schoolers are doing that because there's no honestly like there's no point of being there that last semester of high school. Of course, you could just like jack around and all that stuff, but I mean, I feel like that's the only reason to stay there for that last <laughs> semester of high school. But uh, you, going you had in, a vision essentially. He said you, you had know? a vision essentially. Oh yeah, yeah. I had I yeah, I had vision. Like I was I was I was determined. I mean, just always, just always like looking over my older brother. I mean, you guys, you guys on the podcast, you guys know how determined and how hardworking my brother, how hardworking my brother yeah. was. So I always just looked after him and always tried to be like him. But uh going into that first semester at Iowa, I mean, it was it was tough. So we used to have so uh us freshmen or like I guess like new people on campus. We had like a six o'clock, uh, six o'clock like lift group, and I'll stay in the Hillcrest dorms. And we wouldn't have, I didn't have a moped at the time, so I remember I used to have to walk through, walk, <laughs> cut through the emergency, cut through the hospital. Yep, yep. <laughs> we all been there, buddy. That is a long, long, cold walk, man. When you got a Let's, lot to think about at five o'clock in the morning. Y- yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so JD, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you right there for a second because this is this is a staple in the freshman football player mantra of of Iowa football boy do I remember our freshman year um Kevin you want to talk a little bit about that and and walking through the snow in that cold ass summer yeah man I mean it was a cold ass winter I'll tell you what or winter I mean you you'll find out who really wants to be an Iowa football player that first winter when you got to walk from Hillcrest all the way over past Kinnick to the to the facility it's a solid, I don't know, what did you guys say, 15, 20-minute walk? It's 0.74 miles or something like that, or 0.94 miles yeah. from door to door. I mean, but if you run, if you run, you can you can make it. You can make it pretty fast because there's multiple times, I don't know, you <laughs> think you wake up at 5.30, but it's actually 5.49. Yeah. You, gotta, you hit that snooze <laughs> button one go. too many times. You're like, oh, shit, boys, I got to go. I remember I used to always I used to always carry a pair of like shorts of like of like workout shorts and workout shirt in my dorm. So ever like if I was ever late, I would just that's how it go. I just run full speed, just wear a coat, yep. take off the <laughs> coat, go straight in the indoor for the warm up. That's smart. That's that is, that is. I, I never thought to do that. And that would have saved my ass a couple of times because I did end up pushing the wood once. And there was a couple of those runs where I really barely made it. Yeah, um, especially when, you know, it's it's our first winter. It was like one of the coldest winters that we had ever like experienced in our lifetimes. Like it was it was sub-zero temperatures pretty much every day. And you're just walking through the frozen tundra at 5.15 in the morning, just wondering where, you, where life went wrong. <laughs> That's seriously what it feels like. But uh, to get back on track, so James – you come to Iowa as like a 17-year-old kid, um, well, 
a, a really, really big, really talented 17 year old kid. You weren't like a normal 17 year old kid, but still you're really young and you're playing against the guys that are uh, significantly older than you. Um, but you come in as a huge recruit and kind of give us your mindset and, and maybe give everybody an idea of exactly what your goals were from the very beginning, because obviously you're one of the now becoming more and more uh, frequent players to leave early. But as far as I was concerned, we don't have very many players leave early and certainly not after their true third year. So just kind of walk us through your whole mindset and your goals and what made James Daniels go from the 17 year old high school kid that came in as a raw, talented player to the James Daniels that gets drafted in the early second round by the Chicago Bears just three years later. Take us through that. Good question. Good question. So, like, as I was saying, like, when I first came to camp, came to uh, campus, I was just, I was just trying to just keep my head down, get, keep my grades up, and just try to do my best in football. I remember uh, Ike, you guys know Ike Botger. I remember he was, he was one of the people who helped me a lot. A hey, shout out to Ike. But uh, he, he helped, he helped me a lot. Like, whenever I had, like, my brother on campus, but Ike, he would always text me always ask if I need help with this or that. And I mean, it was like, there was a couple of players like that who always, who always tried to help me like improve and improve. But I know being, being young and playing. So first, like in spring ball, I remember like the first practice. So I'm going with like the third team first, there's first, second, third team. I remember like, I couldn't block anybody. Like the worst, <laughs> the worst D lineman on the team. Like I, 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 I could not block my all. And I remember the first time, like the first after the first spring practice, I was actually went back to my dorm room. I cried. I just laid in my bed and I cried because I'm like, I don't, I really don't think I'm good enough to be able to play because if I can't block, if I can't block the worst people on the team, how how will I be able to block the starters and all that stuff? But then throughout spring ball, I mean, I like I keep on improving, I keep on improving. And at the end of spring ball, uh, Brian Ferentz he tells me like, I think you're good enough not to redshirt. So just during summer workouts, he just said, make sure during summer workouts, you're always trying to get stronger, all of that stuff. So when the season comes, you'll be ready to play. So, so then I go, oh, you can yeah. go ahead. Go ahead, man. No, tell your story. Oh, okay. So then like during that, during that, uh, during that first season, I'm playing, I'm playing like six man. So like if, if anybody, if anybody gets hurt, they like shift around and I would come in and play one of the guards and uh, and during the season, I was always like, I was always partners. I would do drills with Austin Blythe and like, it, it amazed me because Austin, because Austin was, I think he might've been, he might've been 23. He was 23 or 22. And like, he was like five years older than me. He was married. And I, I don't even think I've ever kissed a girl yet. I was, it was, it was, it was just, it was just amazing in Blythe and Blythe. He, he, he always, he, he helped me a lot. So during the season, I was six, man. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, I remember, uh, so we, so we go to Wisconsin. So Boone, Boone, our left tackle, Boone Myers, he gets hurt against North Texas. So then they bring, they put, was that Cole? They bring Cole. Cole. Yeah, they they put they put Cole. They put Cole at uh, right tackle. Wait, they put Cole. At, they put Cole at left, left tackle. tackle. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> they put Ike at right tackle. So, oh, uh, we go to Wisconsin. We win ten to six. And then next week's Illinois. This is this is 
the Illinois game was the like I think this is the game that that changed that made me the person who I am. So I was I played guard and I mean like every lineman I played like tackle in high school, but I mean that's I mean that's a joke. So I've been playing guard and center ever since I've been to, been at Iowa, and then like in the second quarter, Ike he sprains his ankle, and like I was playing I was playing guard because I was six man because I was rotating with Sean and Jordan Walsh and. I know Ike, I know Ike's ankle. I know it's really messed up. So we go in at halftime. I mean, Ike's seen the trainers and stuff. In the back of my mind, I'm like, I have to, I'm gonna go, <laughs> I have to go play tackle. But I'm thinking, I'm thinking maybe, maybe Ike will be fine. Then two plays into the uh third quarter, Ike comes hobbling off. I remember I look at Brian. Brian said, You're in. And so I'm going in, I'm playing, I'm playing right tackle, a position I've never played before. And first, <laughs> first third down. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, I get beat. I get beat bad. Get CJ killed. They had that good. They had that good D lineman smooth. Illinois right? had an amazing defensive line in 2015. Smooth. Like that was yeah. yeah it was it was, was smooth. smooth. Yeah, and they had a bunch of killers up there that could really get to the passer. Well, I, <laughs> I I had nightmares for the next couple of months about that. But uh, so first third down, I get beat. So we, uh, okay, then I go off for the sideline. Then the coaches are like, "All right, calm down, calm down." Because first, some true freshman. Second, this is a position I've never played before. Then next time we're up there, next time we're out there, uh, first, second down, I, don't, I really don't remember what happened first and second down. <laughs> the third down, it's smooth. Again, I get beat. But first, I mean, Derek Mitchell, Derek Mitchell tripped me. And so then I get holding call, <laughs> and then he sacks CJ too. I remember he gets up, and he's like, and one. <laughs> like like in basketball, he said, and one. I looked up. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, yeah, this, this, this is it. I mean, but we didn't have anybody else. So I knew they were going to put me back out there. And I remember I go to the sideline, and KF, Kirk, Coach Ferentz, he says, James, when you're a really good player in a couple of years, I'm gonna show this. I'm gonna show this game tape to you and show you how much you can improve. Just go out there and just do your best. Then <laughs> I grind out the rest of the game. Uh, we get like a we get like an interception. I think uh, Mayback he gets an interception. Then we end up winning like 26 19 or something. Yep. And I just remember 20. that game like it's 26 like, 20. If I, if I can go out there and do that, I was like, if I can go out there and do that, there's nothing. There's nothing I can't do. Then the next week, I end up starting against Northwestern. And then Boone comes. So after Northwestern is our bye week, then I just, I mean, I was just like a six man for the rest of the year. I ended up starting yeah. the Rose Bowl. But that first year, that freshman year, I mean, it was it was so fun. The dorms, I mean, it was it was crazy. Going to Summit every night after after the wins, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I was just going to ask, I was just going to ask, James. Uh, so speaking, so – Obviously, the football experience was awesome in Iowa, Iowa City, um, playing for Coach Ferentz, all this stuff. Um, part, a few of our questions here, are, um, 
what do you what do you miss about Iowa City and and, and what do you miss about football and, and and what are the things that you're gonna look back for your whole life and say these were the times like what 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 are the things that stick in your head? I miss. I just say like the people. I just say like the people. I mean the people here. They're they're so nice. I mean, the people and just like I don't know, just like going like going out to the bars with like all of your teammates. Like in the NFL, like we don't spend. We didn't, of course, like we have like meetings and like we practice and stuff together. But like in college, like you're around your teammates all the time. You have class together. You live with each other. Plus, you do all the football stuff with each other. So I just say like the relationships we had, or like I don't know, like when we go to a bar and. I don't know. Uh, so my best friend, Michael Jamudia, like, I don't know, <laughs> like when we, when we would like get curved by girls together, it's just, I don't just stuff <laughs> like that. Like, we, I don't know. It's just, yes. it's like stuff like that. Like we look back on and like, I don't, I don't, it's, it, I, I don't think we'll ever replicate that. Cause there was, I mean, there's, we, we had some really fun times just around the people and just with, I mean, as like a team as together. So, man, I know sure. we all feel that. That's awesome. So man, yeah, I, that that one's coming right out of our own hearts. Yeah, yeah, yes, it is. Me and Drake got to experience that a little bit last night. We had a little, we had a little <laughs> get together at Summit with a few of the few of the boys from the old days, and felt like we were in college just for a little bit one more time. Yeah, I mean, it felt like we were in college. It just felt like we couldn't really act a fool like we used to because we had an excuse for acting a fool and pouring vodka on girls and things like that. Like, now you can't you can't really do that and look like a respectable human being anymore. <laughs> oh man, good times. But uh, James, here I, I want to go back to something. So you go from being a you know you you talk about your first spring ball not being able to block our worst D lineman to going to be a a second round pick at you were like 20 years old at the time. I don't think you even turned 21. What would you say was like the most important part of your development at Iowa? You know, would it be from a strength and condition standpoint or X's and O's, you know, just talk a little bit about that and how you uh, grew as a player over your time here. Uh, There's, there's so much stuff I've grown as a player. I I mean, of course, coach Doyle, so after after my uh, freshman year, I had knee surgery and I missed that. I missed that spring. And I mean, I when you're hurt, of course. I mean, I'm not sure if you, any of you got Drake was hurt, but I know like you spend so much time with Coach Doyle, and the only thing you can really do is just lift and get stronger. So of course, like from a strength and conditioning, like I've got I got so much stronger, I got so much faster, so much because I'm already. I mean, I was always athletic. Like everybody, you guys all know, like I was always athletic, but I was never really like that strong. So from a strength and conditioning, like that that helped me a lot. But also with like coaching too, like on the field, like blocking, getting my technique better. I mean, Brian and Coach Paul, like I mean, they did a really good job at coaching and coaching me like every week. I remember Brian, Brian, I mean, you, Brian was screaming at me sophomore year. Brian was screaming at me every practice, every practice down on down, down when we would do nine on seven, he was screaming. Cause sometimes like we would practice in the morning. I would just, I literally, I go through the motions, go through the motions Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, then Saturday, just, just ball out for the game. But I remember Brian, Brian would always like scream at me. Like, you got, you got to go hard. You got to go harder. You got, if you do, I mean, imagine your heels, like if you play, you're playing good, but imagine if you start practicing better, imagine like what you'd be doing. 
So throughout the, my entire sophomore year, I just got I just got way better practice habits. And when I started practicing better, I did start playing better. And actually, like those last those last couple of games, uh, Michigan, Illinois, Nebraska, uh, and Florida. Like when I when I like submitted my paperwork to the uh, like to the NFL draft, like two of those I think I was used to Michigan. I was used to Michigan Florida game. So two of the games I submitted were from my sophomore year. Then a junior year comes around, spring ball comes around, and I already t- I take my practice habits from the end of my sophomore year. I carry them over to the spring, and I remember Coach Ferentz, he brought up, like at the end of practice, he brought up the team, and he, uh, I mean, he gave me a shout-out. He pretty much said that, like, I've been practicing, like, really good. And it's amazing, like, a year ago, they, I was the worst practice player on the team, but the year later, Coach Ferentz, I'm not, I probably wasn't the best, but it was enough for Coach Ferentz to say something about it at the end of practice. So that was something that really, I think that really helped my development as a player. No, yeah, definitely. If if KF is pointing out something you're doing right, you you really must be making uh, an impression on him. He doesn't do that very often. And I th- no, if you get a if you get a shout out from KF, like you feel good for days. days. Like it's not something feel- that just like that doesn't wear off. Like you actually feel like a warmth for days around the complex. Like yeah, I got a shout out from the head man. <laughs> yeah, I-, I don't think you can. I really don't think you can understate that. It's it's actually incredible how it's hard to even put into words if you in front of your peers and your teammates get a shout out from coach Ferentz or coach Doyle holy smokes that's that's big time yeah it was it was big that meant that meant that meant so much to me because it's like I was literally I would ask anybody anybody that was down there nine on seven during the year during the season that year sophomore year I would get screamed at every day by Brian Every day he was he was he was going in on me, just saying how just I just I mean I would just go through the motions. I mean it's I mean it's 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 amazing. I came I came so long, came such a long way, and then that I mean it's I can't I can't explain how much that how much that helped me. All right, James. So now you have developed so much as a player, and you have just finished up your third year um, in the program with a win in the Pinstripe Bowl. It was the first bowl win of your career and uh, the first bowl win of anybody's career that was on that team. So we're really flying high. Um, and I, I told the story last episode about how we went downtown in Manhattan and we had ourselves a good night. And uh, James and I were together that night and I looked at him. I said, well, bud, what, what are you going to do? I said, I know you, you got a decision coming up. I said, you coming back or you leaving? And he looked at me and he said, dude, they told me I might be a first rounder. I am gone. And I just laughed my ass off. I'm like, Hey dude, the more power to you. Like, congratulations. I'm fucking proud of you. This is awesome. So take us through the thought process and your decision to come out early because it's not an easy decision. You talked about how much you love the coaches and your teammates and these are your best friends and it's hard to leave a year of eligibility out there, but you had a very unique circumstance that not very many people get to face in their life. So give everybody an idea of, of how you made that thought process, who you confided in to um, help you make the decision and what ultimately was the reasons that you came to leave early. Okay. So after, after we beat Nebraska, we have like a little break. Like after we beat Nebraska, we get like two weeks off, with no practice, so we just lift and 
we just lift and get ready for like bowl prep. I remember uh, Coach Ferentz, he brought me in and he was like, he, he was like, we're going to, uh, we're going to submit your paperwork, your paperwork to like the NFL advisory committee. And he said, he's going to ask like some like scouts and like NFL personnel that he knows personally, like where they had me, like where they had me scouted. The reason for that is because the NFL advisory committee, you literally only can get three grades. You can get a first round grade, you can get a second round grade, or you can get a stay back in school grade. And but the but the like the NFL personnel and people that he knows, they'll give you like exact, like late first, early first, second, third, blah blah blah, all that stuff. So it was nice to. So he did that so I could get a more more exact, uh, like prediction of where I would go. So. Like I said, for like for the info advisory committee, I submitted, I think you submit like four games. You submit four or five games. I said I submit those two from sophomore year. I submit the Ohio State game too. I mean, that was the best game I've ever played. But then once I get my, so a couple of weeks go by and we're like, we're in the middle of bowl prep and he brings me into his office again. Then he shows me, I didn't get my info advisory committee grade yet, but he shows me like the grade where like the info personnel, like where they had me going. And like, it was like seven people on there. Like I had any, my grade was anywhere from like middle first or was it, it was like middle or late first. I can't remember to the third round. And so, okay. I like, I thought about, I, so like once I saw that, I, I mean, I like, I talked to my parents and stuff. I'm like, if I, if I, if I don't get her in the bowl game, I'm, I'm going to leave because that mean late first to third round i knew i wasn't i knew third round was way i don't there was like one person who said third round that was way too i knew i wasn't going third round but that was way too late but i knew uh like with that feedback i was like there's just there's just too much of a risk there's too much of a risk to come back and play another year so that was that was that was the reason why i ended up leaving and also uh what was i gonna say Damn, I literally forgot what I was gonna say. We can we can edit this part out. So okay. you you got you yeah. got time to think, and then Kluver will smooth it right out. Okay. Uh, damn. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So after after I got that grade, like I talked to so Josh got his grade too, and like we talked and like we we both like we both knew like we were leaving like a week or two. I think that was like probably like a week a week before the pinstripe bowl. But I mean of course like we didn't we didn't think about it. like we weren't thinking about oh I'm not going to play to get hurt or any of that. No, I went out every practice and during the bowl game like I went out trying to win the game. I wasn't out there trying to oh don't make this block cuz I'm going to get hurt. No, like if you're going to get hurt, if you're going to get hurt in a bowl game or if you're going to get hurt like it's meant to happen. Like there's so many ways. Like you can do like a box jump and tear your Achilles or anything like that. So I wasn't I wasn't really worried about getting hurt. I was just worried about trying to win the game. And as you guys said, that was the first. I think that was that seniors class, the fifth year seniors. That was all of our first bowl win. So yep. I mean, it meant, it meant so much to see the coaches after years. Because I was when my brother was on the team, I went to those. I was I went to those bowl games and just seeing Iowa just get blown out. We got blown out by Florida. We got blown out by Stanford. Just to be able to get that bowl win, I mean, that meant that meant so much to the co. It meant a lot to me, but it meant so much to the other, especially to the fifth year seniors, because they've been to five bowl games and got blown out all five times. So it was it was so nice to be able to get that win. You do not have to tell us about that, my man. That was uh, that was that was something we'll never forget. 
Um, so, JD gave us a little insight on his uh, on his path to the draft, and we had a few guys come out this year: Hook, Fant, Nelson, and TJ has yet to announce, but there's a good chance he does too. When we come back, we're gonna get James's thoughts on the guys that are entering the draft this year. We'll be back. Hey guys. Yep, it's me again. Got to interrupt the episode real quick to talk to you guys about Spotify. Uh, one of the sponsors of this podcast on Spotify, you can listen to all your favorite artists and podcasts in one place for free. You don't even need a premium account. Spotify has a huge catalog of podcasts on every topic, including the one you're listening to right now. Yeah, we're on Spotify. I don't know how we did that, but pretty cool. Um, other things you can do on Spotify is follow your favorite podcast so you never miss an episode. Premium users can download episodes to listen to offline, wherever you are, and you can easily share what you're listening to with your friends on Instagram. If you haven't done so already, be sure to download the Spotify app, search for Wash Up Walk-Ons on Spotify or browse podcasts in the Your Library tab. Also make sure to follow us so that you never miss an episode of the Wash Up Walk-Ons. And we're back. Thanks to our sponsor, SeatGeek. We love you. We love you guys. Before the uh, before the break, we uh, talked about how JD was going to give his thoughts on the guys leaving this year, Hook, Nelson, Fant, and probably TJ Hawkinson. JD, you talked a little bit about your decision to go out and how it was just too risky with such a great grade from the from the advisory committee and the and the guys that KF had had grade you. Um, I don't know how much you you got to watch the Hawks this year um, and, and the boys who have declared for the draft. Give us your thoughts on on the three or four that are kind of in that situation and um, and what you think about what you think about that. Okay, uh, I'm upon my uh, my draft my draft analyst my draft scout hat on real quick. So <laughs> okay. first Noah, I mean Noah, he's a good size crazy athletic like first time first time uh like his class was on campus i remember so my class and like their class we uh played a basketball game together and noah was on fast break and he almost dunked on me and ever since that <laughs> i mean he almost did. like if i i think the ball the ball might have slipped out of his hand or something but yeah i mean he was like he he, he was he was over me and once, once when that happened, I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, this kid's the truth. But the thing about Noah is like NFL teams, they need, they need tight ends that can stretch the field vertically like that. And like with his speed and his his athleticism, I mean, he's he's like that guy. So honestly, I see there's there's no way there's no way Noah goes. I think after pick twenty, just because I mean what what he can do. He's such he's too good of a receiver. And I mean, he's he's a I mean, he's not the best blocker, but he's he's a I actually watching like NFL. He's a better blocker than a lot of tight ends in the NFL. He's hugely improved from blocking. If if you look back at Noah's film from um, two years ago in in our senior year, he was not as effective at blocking as he was definitely late uh, later in his career and later on in this season. Um, so yeah, definitely Noah is one of the best threats possible on the receiving end, but he's definitely improved on the running. Yeah. yeah. So. I can, I can speak to his athleticism. His true freshman uh, camp was uh, 
uh, the first year I got moved to linebacker and, you know, I got stuck covering him a lot and, and, you know, he's, he's a hard dude to cover. And coach Wallace is like yelling at me. He's like, Ward, what are you doing? You can't cover a freshman. I'm like, coach, <laughs> there's a goddamn deer on the field. Who's running around. Like, <laughs> well, here's, here's he's what I know. about last, Noah. He's like, Yeah, we know this kid could be pretty special. So yeah. Here's there's what I know about Noah. Fun. Yeah. The, the thing that impressed me the most is in the off season, Noah's a semi cause he's a tight end and we do uh, harness competitions where you put a harness on, you clip one end, uh, you clip a, a rope on the back of you and you clip a rope on the back of another person, you face opposite directions and you run five yards or 10 yards and whoever pulls the other person past it's, it's a backwards tug of war essentially. And I watched Noah not only beat, but kick Josie's ass absolutely dragged him in that in, in that offseason uh kind of training and i thought okay hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This kid is, uh, this kid is good. He, he, is, he is a freak. Um, and it's funny because there's three players that I think of in that kind of, uh, in that category that are just freaks of nature athletically for their position that no matter how they play, it, it doesn't matter. Like the NFL was, it was their destiny. And it happens to be Noah, you, JD, and Josh Jackson. Like just ab- all three absolute freaks. So N- Noah's a, an insane talent. Yeah, talking about, uh, and we also, during the winter, we used to do like sledge sprint competitions and like yep. prowler pushes comp- push competitions. And Noah, I mean, I, I, always, I always won the line. If I didn't win the line, I was either two or three, usually because of the coach. I mean, they would never time me. They always time me wrong. No, no, no was always no was always first, always first on whatever they did. And also, like when we conditioned, they would make him coach Doyle would make him actually because he would make the semi time so easily. He would make him run with the skill. And he also he's also making the skill times so much easier. So, yep. I mean, no, he mean he was like he came in that guy, and I mean he's he left Iowa as that guy. Yep. And next, uh, Monty Hooker, I think. I mean, Hook Hook is I mean Hook is such a good football player. I mean his like his instincts are his instincts are crazy. I think that's why that's why he's such a good football player is because he's he's smart. He he knows when things are coming, and he's also versatile. He can play. I mean, he's played every he played everywhere last year for them, and so for Hook, it really where I think he's gonna go. I really think it just depends on it. Just depends what he like runs in his forty, because NFL NFL personnel. I think it's stupid. I really think it's dumb. But NFL personnel they care about how you test, and so depending on how Hook, depending on how Hook, how fast he runs. Like if he runs like a four four or four five, 
I, I think he'll go, he'll go like second round. I said mill early second round, but if he doesn't, if he doesn't run, if he runs slower, it depends how slow he runs. He could go anywhere from like second round, I think to like fourth. I say in that, in that area, I think that's, that's where he'll go. And it's hard. You really can't. I never, I never really watched Micah Hyde, but I don't think you can compare Hook to Desmond. They're not. They're 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 yeah. two totally different. They're two totally different players. Sure. But I mean, do you guys? I mean, probably like the Iowa fans. You guys watch Micah Hyde, so I don't. I I mean, I don't know. I can, I don't think I can make that comparison though. Yeah, it's interesting. You kind of bring him up though. Micah Hyde was one of those guys who, you know, he won the Tatum Woodson. Big Ten DB of the uh, year award, and he fell to the fifth round. And then he ended up being a pro brawler. Desmond fell to the fifth round because he didn't run a 40 as, as fast as they wanted him to, and he ended up being an all pro this year. And I, I just wonder when NFL scouts and GMs are going to get the idea that we just make good football players. They might not test like some of the uh, combine freaks out there, but when it comes to being able to play football on a football field, like – Iowa football players, they produce. And I, I just I just hope one day NFL GMs are gonna wake the fuck up and you know start taking our guys where they belong to go. Yeah, and I mean NFL person they just they care way they care way too much about I mean way too much about testing numbers. Like one thing one thing I got I mean the people side wasn't strong enough. I mean, like I was there was multiple clips of me just blowing defense linemen off the ball. So I mean, just because I did twenty one reps at the combine. So if I if I end up doing twenty six reps, I mean that's I mean they will said I was I was strong I was strong enough. Like it's I think yeah the NFL comp like that entire process about how they care about your numbers, like your arm length. Like there's so much there's so much stuff that I mean that that doesn't matter. But teams really teams really care about it. So I mean I just I just think I think it's personally I think like all that testing is stupid. Your film, your film speaks for itself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you think so about, what uh, about uh, Anthony Nelson? Yep. Because this is a guy that you, you've watched a lot of tape on this guy. You know, you didn't, you weren't the one blocking him um, as you were playing inside, but you've seen a lot of your guys get critiqued on the film uh, trying to block Anthony Nelson. So give us an idea of from, from a lineman's perspective, uh, how, how you think that he's going to rank. Anthony, he's so slippery. Like, uh, I, I mean, I compare him to a snake. He's so like tall, long, and he's slippery. So <laughs> that's, that's all you I need, think, right there. Yeah. The thing about I've, I, because Anthony, he has, he has all the tools that, like a, like a NFL, like, like a F, like what they want from like a defensive end and like in like a four three. He has, he has yep. all of them. But the thing about Anthony, I feel like he needs to he needs to use his he needs to use his size. He needs to use his size a lot more than what he does. So once he learns, once he learns how to use his, I mean, because of course, like that's what NFL, that's what the coaches are going to teach him how to do is once he learns how to use his size and his length to the best of its ability, I mean, I feel like he's he's gonna be he's gonna have a really good NFL career. Yeah. So where do I have him? Honestly, I I I don't know. I can see. I can see him. I can. All, I can see him going in the early second round, just because once you teach him how to use his size and his length, I mean, he's going to be a monster. Or I could see teams saying he needs more to work on and having him drop 
like in like the later rounds. So I I I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't think I can answer that question. I say All so right. I say I'd say I don't think he goes to the fourth round. I think fourth round is too late. So I say second or third round for him. Yeah. Okay. And then finally, finally, we- we've got one more who hasn't technically declared, but if if TJ Hawkinson declares, what do you think about him? Uh first let me tell you a story about TJ. So before so the camp of my junior year. I remember we had this one camp practice and TJ just, he just kept on false starting. And so like, whenever like, whenever like one person on the offense would like make a mistake, Brian, Brian Ferentz, he would make, he would make that person take a lap. But after like the offense, after the offense, like would make a couple mistakes as a whole, he would make the entire offense take a lap. I remember he had like, he had like three or four false starts, like the entire offensive practice that day. I mean, it was terrible. And, I remember Brian, Brian, Coach Ferris, Coach Doyle, literally everybody, everybody was just screaming. Then like the defensive coaches, <laughs> they're they're over there celebrating, getting hype while we're like while, like while we're struggling, we're running laps. And just seeing that TJ from back then to what TJ did this year, I mean, it's a I mean it's 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 crazy. It was a huge, it's a huge difference. I mean, the thing about TJ is because He's gonna get a lot of comparison comparisons to um George Kittle. And the thing about the which is I mean, which is good because so NFL scouts were they're gonna look at George's college film and then they're gonna compare his college film to TJ's college film. And what George did this past year for the uh for the 49ers, teams are gonna teams are gonna reach for TJ because they're going to think he's first he was he had he had more productive Iowa career than George did. So I feel like teams are going to reach for TJ because they think he is I mean he's like a George Kittle. I mean George Kittle what like look alike. Yeah, I mean he's kind of George he's kind of like remix. the George Kittle doppelganger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, and I would say that that's a really good comparison because I think that TJ tries to model his game as close to as he can to George's because he has a lot of respect for George and rightfully so. Um, right. And I would say that J- James's comment about teams potentially reaching for TJ um, to get him because of George, I think is a very real possibility, but certainly us on the podcast. And it seems like James are all advocates of teams reaching for TJ because he's oh, certainly sure. one, one hell of a talent. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. teams. Teams will definitely, definitely reach for TJ. And think about TJ is first. I mean, like TJ, he, I mean, he can't stretch the field vertically like Noah, but he, I mean, he can, he can stretch the field and TJ is an amazing blocker. And NFL teams don't, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure college people realize in the NFL, if you have a tight end that can block and can run routes, I mean, it's, it's, it's such a big advantage because a lot of teams, a lot of teams, they have, uh, they have like a tight end who can only do one thing. And so that they know, they know what's happening. Like on our team, uh, we have Trey Burton, Trey Burton, he's an undersized tight end. But he can block. He can block, and he can he can run. He can run routes like a receiver. So I mean, he's that's why I mean he that's why Trey Burton's such a big part of like the Bears. I'm not sure if you guys watch the Bears. That's why, but that's why he's such a big part of the Bears offense because oh, he can do both. And when you have sure. a tight end, there's like few tight ends in the NFL that can do both. And those all those tight ends are the people you know, Kelsey, Ertz, like all of those type of players because they're 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 so good. They're so good blocking and so good catching the ball 
And so with that being said, honestly, I can I can see TJ I can see TJ going in the first round because of that. But I mean you I mean you I yeah, I, I think I think I think TJ can possibly go first because of that. There you go. You heard it here first, Washington Hawkins fans and Hawkeye Nation. If TJ Jay- Hawkinson declares, which we are certainly waiting with bated breath, um, as Hawkeye fans, we certainly want him to stay, but we understand that uh, this is a pretty big decision. And if he's listening to the advice of James Daniels, it sounds like it's a pretty slam dunk opportunity. So uh, we're we're definitely waiting on that one, but it could be yeah. a pretty special year for the Hawks in the draft. Yeah, so so you, you segued in nicely, James. You, you did it for me. You mentioned uh, Burton. And and we watched the Bears. I was I was cheering for y'all down the stretch. Honestly, I tweeted about it. We last were week. pulling hard. We were pulling real hard um, for the Dub Club in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. So first, yeah, so now we're gonna get it. Wild. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna get into it. So so now we're we're on the Bears. We're in Chicago, and, and you know, social media it blows everything up. And I mean, y'all are having an actual club party in the locker room after after wins the dub club what is this about jd tell tell us uh so coach naggy he's big on just first he's big on just being yourself so like wherever like wherever you are just just be yourself and coach naggy i mean he's really big on that and he's also big on like after wins you you gotta celebrate because the wins the wins never come easily especially in the nfl so many close so many 3.5 point six point games in the nfl so he was just he's always big on just just celebrating after the wins. And I remember one time, I can't remember what game it was, but I came in the locker room. There was a disco ball and like some lights. I'm like, oh <laughs> I'm like, what is this? And it's, it's crazy. So uh so people start dancing and stuff, people start pulling out their chains and it'd be this it 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 it's just wild. Like I would I can't I can't like you can see videos, you can see anything, but I can't explain like when you come out, when you come back out like from the field and you go in there, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's so fun. It's crazy. That sounds, so how that does sounds that, incredible. how does that compare to like uh, in the club at, at summit bottle service after a Hawkeye win? Like what's, what was cooler club dub or like, you know, club summit uh, club dub. It's, <laughs> it's, not, it's not even close. I mean, let me, and you know, sometimes in like Union, like when they have like the fog blow, like the fog blow, and they're playing like a finado or something. I mean, that's I mean, that's just how it's like. It's going, it's absolute bananas in there. And then also, uh, so every so every Saturday, so Saturdays we have a walkthrough when we play on Sunday, and every Saturday we would have a dance off. So they would randomly <laughs> draw. They randomly draw two offensive players from the hat, like from like a hat, and they randomly draw two oh, defensive shit. players from the hat. And I mean, so on Saturday they have a, they have a like a vote, and they have a, like a committee that votes, it's like the equipment manager and like some other people, <laughs> and and whoever wins, like I, they get the, the next week they get like a um, like a catered like we have train table, but the next week they get like a catered meal. It'll be like steak or like something like that. I mean that that's, that's yeah, it gets that that gets that gets crazy too. So do you ever get I in mean, on that, JD? Yeah, I, I mean I, I got on it once. We lost though. Ah man. Killing but us. I mean those, I mean it's 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 fun though. I, I that's really incredible. Like yeah. I think uh I think 
a lot of people are excited, especially I don't, I don't watch a ton of, you know, I'm not in on the bears, you know, fans or coverage, but you're one of the, you're one of the teams with a younger head coach that are excited about, about uh, kind of where the team's going similar to the Rams and, and, and other teams. Um, and uh, it seems like Nagy's got a, he, he's got something going on there because people, people like him. Yeah. He's just, I mean, coach Nagy, like I said earlier, like coach Nagy's just big on just, just being yourself. So it's like, we have like all these different personalities in the, in the locker room, but I mean, we're all, we're all not trying to be someone we're not, we're just being ourselves. And I mean, I mean, that just makes it fun. Like you're just, you don't have to worry about what other people think you're just there just to play football and win games. So that's something, that's something that Nagy does. I mean, that's, that's very beneficial to our team. That's, that's huge. Um, so now that you've spent an entire year in the NFL, and I'm sure you took some lumps from the beginning, but you've certainly had your successes as well through all the ups and downs of, of a long NFL season that you described earlier, what are some of the highlights? What are your favorite memories from your first NFL season that you will take in to, uh, the next year as confidence boosters and, you know, trying to carry that momentum through, uh, I say first, I mean, my favorite, I said my favorite moment from the season. I mean, we, we lost the game, but it was against green. It was our first green Bay game. I remember when Khalil came in, I, I swear to you in the, in the span of like three minutes, this guy had like two sacks and he had that pick six and the entire, an entire Lambeau stadium was silent. I mean, I've never, I've never seen a player in any level of football. I never seen a player come in like that and just dominate a game like that and just see the entire entire crowd go just go silent. But I say my favorite my favorite game this year, I mean it was it was easy it was easily when we played the Rams. I mean, I'm not sure if like Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald's literally there's nobody there's nobody in the NFL like at his level at any position and I mean, being able, being a rookie and blocking and getting to prove myself to play against Aaron Donald, one the best player in the NFL. I mean that that meant so that meant so much to me. And it was a night game, primetime game, and so a lot of people back home in Ohio. I mean, because they don't sometimes they don't get the Bears game, so it was so nice to be able to do that on primetime and be able to come out that game with the dub. Yeah, man, that's, that's awesome. You, you talk I know about- that I was. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. You you talked about your people back in Ohio watching you. And one thing that kind of came up this year was how you shouted out um, your high school and your intro and some people uh, um, in Iowa didn't like take that too kindly. Like some of the fans, like they're just being uh, wishy-washy. Talk about that. And like, you know, what, what your thoughts were when, when that came out? So uh, I went to Warren G. Harden high school in Warren, Ohio. And, uh, first, this all started back when I can't, I can't. It was the second time when the Giants played the Patriots in the uh, in the Super Bowl, and the Giants had a receiver. His name was Mario Manham. He played at uh, Harding, then he played at Michigan. I remember for his intro, he said he said Warren G. Harding High School, like when they announced him for the Super Bowl. I remember when I saw that, like that just that that literally just just it blew my mind because I I never I never really knew people said other things other than their college 
And so then we go back, we go to school the next day and every everybody's talking about everybody's talking about oh rio did this rio did he said did you hear him then he also he also had crazy catch in the game he was recent he had, i think it was the third down eli threw the ball to him on the sideline and but anyway uh i remember when he did that like i made a promise to like and like we all like all the like football like my group of friends like we made a promise like if any of us ever made it to the nfl we would say we would say Harding, like Warren Warren G. Harding, like on our on our like intro, like when we say our name. And I felt I actually and like being from Warren, like Warren is such Warren is such a prideful city. And I mean it re- I really can't I really can't explain how how much it means for the people back home in Ohio to see when I say that. I, it's just, it's just, it just means so much to them that they they hear me shout, hear me shout them out, and it was actually crazy. I actually, I got, I probably got, I don't say like 10, 15 letters from wow. people who graduated from Harding across the country, classes of sixty five, seventy five, two thousand one, two thousand eight, all of that, and they're saying, I saw, I saw what you said on, I saw what you said on TV. And that meant so much to me. And it's crazy. People around me from all across the country, Warren Harding graduates, saying how much it meant for them to say that, say that to them. Man. And I also, I mean, I do feel, I do feel, I felt kind of bad because I would see like Iowa fans mad at me for that. But which we nah, have said, nah, is man. That, that, yeah, it, which is it, that, which is ridiculous. That that that's so awesome. The uh... with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The uh, the support you receive from your uh, your hometown, your high school, and I can only imagine how awesome they felt when you shouted them out. And I think most Hawkeye fans know that you weren't trying to slight Iowa in any way. You just wanted to shout out your hometown. Some fans just took it a little bad, but you know, um, yeah, man, that that really is an awesome story. That's that, loyalty, man. He's cool. loyalty to his homeland. You know yeah, that. And this, bro. Uh, I- I remember I saw this tweet on Twitter. This guy was like, this guy was like, James Daniels is dead to me now. I read that. I felt I was, I was like, like, dang, like that's, that's, that's so messed up. Like an Iowa fan saying that it's crazy. Cause like everybody who knows me, they know, like, I love Iowa. Like that's, that's the crazy, that's the craziest part. Like everybody who knows me, they know, like, I love Iowa. But I I mean, I also, I I also love Warren too. So, I mean, it's, I mean, if I if the Iowa fans really want me to change it that bad, I'll 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 change I'll change it back for them. But don't, nah, never, don't no, never, no, absolutely no, not, dude. No, no. We are telling you right now, we will take all of the flack for the rest of fucking your career from any Iowa fans. As a matter of fact, Iowa fans, if you are listening, all of you that are listening, if any of you have an ill word to say about James Daniels after you listen to this podcast, then fuck you. 
<laughs> from the bottom of my heart. And I know that I'm not going to be speaking to anybody in this because none of you guys are going to think a bad thing about James after you see just the quality of human being that he is. But if you are one of those sick, degenerate fucks that can't stop loving Iowa football more than you love your own mother, then you, you guys are dead to us. And we will take the blame for James continuing to shout out his hometown because the loyalty that he has to his family and his friends and to those people that he grew up with that got him to where he is today, that's something that is to be admired and that everybody should strive to have that much loyalty to the people that have been there for them from the jump. So uh, that, that's my spiel. And uh, I'm I, I just fucking really proud of James. And this episode has me so fired up because it's so awesome. And uh, it's been a serious pleasure to have James on the podcast. So from from us and we're not done yet. You know, we're still rolling. But thank you. And this has been awesome. Yeah. yeah Drake will start crying right there saying that. But hey, yeah, go ahead. That's why I always like Drake. I mean, that's I mean, that's real. I mean, Drake, Drake has always Drake. I mean, because Drake was a fullback. My brother was a running back. So, like, of course, like I've always I was always around Drake, even though he was older than me. But I mean, Drake, Drake has always been a real one. So I, I really appreciate Drake for you saying that. Thank you. Yeah, Drake. Drake is, you know, as much as I hate Drake, he is he's is one dude that you want to have in your corner when it comes to a fight. And I, I'll pay you this compliment one time, buddy. You you you. You'll back up your buddies to to the death. That's for damn sure. To the death, bro. If you if you're blood to me, it, you know, it, you know this this might be a little sentimental time that we take here on the podcast as a break. Um, I I really live by by the uh, code that says blood makes us related, but loyalty makes us family. And uh, for for all my brothers out there that we've gone to war with, um, if you wore the black and gold we're family because we went through some shit and we went through the great times and the bad times together. And, uh, if you're family to me, if I consider you a brother, I'm going to the mattress for you. And that's, that's a quality that I want people to know about me is that, um, is that I may be kind of an asshole sometimes, but if I've got your back, I've got your back for good. Damn straight, man. Damn straight. There it is. So going, going back to this, uh, this intro thing, you, you mentioned that one guy on Twitter, and there's just always going to be those those trolls out there that just, you know, living in the basement with just nothing better to do than just be find something to be pissed off about. There's always someone who's pissed off about something. And you always find that the people who have the uh, most outrageous opinions are going to be the ones talking the loudest. Vast majority of people, I think had no problem with you shouting out your high school. I know you shouted out Iowa in one of your other intros too, but yeah, you're just going to find some twisted people on Twitter. And you know, that's, that's, you, you, you'd know better than us, you know, being a professional now that it's just one of those places that it's probably not the best uh, thing for athletes to be looking at. You know, I know Josie used to look up mean tweets about himself as extra motivation. I think that's a little messed up, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, actually, Josie has a problem. Uh, yeah, maybe talk actually, about like uh, how how social media has you know affected you as an athlete from high school throughout you know, your your uh, pro uh, career. Yeah, so at uh, I mean high school, I mean high school social media, I mean it really wasn't that big. Of course, like you would tweet at. Like the day of games, like you would tweet at the other team, or you would like retweet their tweets. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know that. I mean, that's regular. But in high, I mean, in college, we weren't allowed to have Twitter. 
I think not having Twitter, I mean, that's that's really big because athletes get athletes say so much, so many, so many stupid things on Twitter. And like once you send it, it could be 10 seconds, but somebody's already screenshot it. I mean, it's too late. So I think like having not having Twitter during um during college, that was big. But after uh, I remember after the Rose Bowl, that was the second game I started my freshman year. I remember one of my friends, he texted me. He was like, bro, he was like, bro, they roasting you on Twitter. I'm like, I'm like, what? Then he was like, yeah, bro, it's bad. I was like, send it to me. He was like, are you sure? Then <laughs> they sent it to me. Damn. I remember I, I screenshot that and I, I, uh, I put in my locker. I like screenshot that I print, like print the, like print the tweets out. I had that in my locker at Iowa the entire time I was there. And I mean, I mean, I did, I played all right in the Rose Bowl. So some of the tweets were some of the, I can't understand why, like some of the tweets were negative, but that was, but that, that did give me motivation and talking about now social media. I mean, so it's, it's, it's dangerous. Social media is so dangerous as professional athletes and you have to, and you have to, you have to be so smart when using it because like as a professional athlete, so many, of course, like kids and stuff, people look up to you in in like college but in the nfl i mean it's a i'm a lineman i mean it doesn't i mean there's so many other linemen across the country looking looking up at me oh rookie he's doing this blah 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 all that stuff so i mean it's it's such a you can't you really can't you really can't pay attention to social media and also like things like pro football focus like i think i think that's that's also bad to look at too because i was a pro like Pro Football Focus would say I had a good game and I actually played terribly, or it would say I have a bad game and that was actually my best game of the season. So it's just things like that, like you just you just can't you can't really pay attention to. Of course, like I get on Twitter and like Instagram and stuff during the season, but I try not to follow. Of course, like I follow like the Bears page, but that's it. I don't follow any of like those fan pages or any of that stuff. And the people I follow. They're not really retweeting any of like any of those tweets anyway, so I really don't get a chance to see them unless I personally like search up like James Daniels got beat on Twitter or so, stuff like that. Yeah, that's the that's the sick part of society now is that everybody is has a platform to give their opinion, no matter how relevant it is. And um, for athletes, it's really tough because we know we've been through it all you're trying to do is your absolute best for your teammates and for the fans and for yourself. Um, so it, it does suck that that's, sh that shit happens, but, uh, this is actually a good, another good time to talk to you fans out there and let you guys know that, uh, you have another player on here. That's just letting you guys know that, um, there are, there is a person behind those face masks and just to make sure that you kind of, take a second to think about them and if they were really trying to fuck your fantasy team over or something like that, or your sports bet, or if they just made a mistake. So I don't know. It's another spiel. And one thing, uh, like I always see tweets about talking about, like I was like play calling and stuff. If I'll personally, I mean, like, I mean, except like going to class and working out this offseason, I'm not doing anything. I'll personally go through an Iowa football game and watch it with you and show you how, show you why these play calls are being called. Because sometimes as fans, you you guys see, you guys see, oh, why are they running the ball this? Oh, or why are they running the ball? Or why are they throwing the ball here? But you guys don't see, oh, 
the when they ran that play before, one person missed the block. If that person makes a block, it's a touchdown. Or if this person, this person ran wrong route, or this route is good against this coverage, fans, you guys, you, I think a lot of fans, you guys need to start looking, stop looking at the end result. You guys need to start looking at like, oh, I can see why he's calling this play here, things like that. That's, I mean, because I get so many, I get so mad when I see people talk about, uh, talk about like Brian, like his play calls on, his play calls on Twitter. I mean, like Brian is one of the smartest coaches that I know he would not be calling these plays to <laughs> to lose. So it's just, it's just, it's things like that, that, I mean, that, that, that makes me mad because seeing tweets about people I care about and, and seeing bad tweets about like, how can you be a Hawkeye fan tweeting bad? Like, Oh, I can't believe I'm a Hawkeye fan. I mean, stuff like that. Just real, real fans don't do that. Like my mom, no matter how good or how bad I play, my mom will be like, wow. I mean, I'm, I'm proud of you no matter what. When the Hawks lose or when the Bears lose, you should be like, wow, I'm proud of you no matter what. So just things like that. I mean, that just that goes a long way for uh, us athletes. Amen, man. I, you know, I think I you guess, should auction off uh, a Saturday with James Daniels. He watched the, fo- the Hawkeye football game with you and explain every play. <laughs> that, hey, we might have just come up with a business idea for you, some bitch. Yeah. We literally just found what you can do <laughs> on Saturdays. <laughs> when, when your pro career is over, you can uh, go on and do whatever you want, and then uh, on Saturdays you can you can have a rent James Daniels, and I will give you the ins and outs of Iowa football day. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Just give me the end zone. Give me the end zone like view, and so I can see how the line. And I can just give me the wide view. That's literally all I need, and I can I can take you I can take you through a game and why things are being called that way, <laughs> or take you through why the defense is doing this or. I mean, I mean, football, I mean, this is what I do for a living. So it's actually crazy. So I'm, uh, I'm watching, I'm watching like the games, this the games this week. And cause like, I watch like these teams, like the teams we're watching, like I can call out like what the offense is, like what the offense is doing, like things like, okay, if you're on the two yard line, like doing, it's just, it's crazy. Like all offenses, they run the same stuff. They just copy it and they have different players that do things better. But literally all offense from Iowa to high school to the NFL, they all run the exact same schemes. Yeah, no, it's kind of crazy how you how you mentioned that, you know, you're just watching a football game now. But now you can't like uh, you can't watch it like you used to watch it back when you were a kid. Like I almost have to watch it like I'm watching film. That's kind of one of the things that Coach Parker actually instilled in me is like, you know, when you're watching an NFL game or any other random college game, like pay attention to what they do. They all run the same stuff. Just like you said, you know, I, I can't watch uh, a football game anymore without trying to diagnose what, uh, what defense is being run, what blitzes yeah. are being run, what coverage they're doing and, you know, diagnosing what, uh, um, what, what play the offense is running and, and, you know, call it out. Like it's, it's almost like I can't even be a fan anymore. I've it's, it, it, yeah. it's crazy how you mentioned that too. It's, it's different yeah. once you've been on the other side. Yeah, especially like D linemen, like it's like third and seven. Like I'm watching, I'm watching the Eagles Saints game, and the Eagles D line is out there. It's like third and seven. Oh, I know what I know what kind. Of, I, I look at his alignment. Oh, I know what kind of rush he's trying to do. Like he can either do this or this, and he does one of he does one of them. Like it's it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. Like <laughs> I really I really can't watch football without watching football if that makes sense yeah no but, it probably doesn't make sense to a whole lot of other people out there but it makes sense to me yeah so 
that was that's that's something I think that's I mean that's I don't think I can be a coach, but I think I think that's something that's something that's that's pretty cool for me. Yeah, Definitely. so man, you mentioned we 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 talked we joked around about uh uh your plans after the NFL and you just mentioned you're not you don't really think about being a coach. So football is going to end one day. What do you see yourself uh what do you see yourself doing when uh you know it, it time it comes time to hang them up? Uh first I see myself uh I see myself doing that thing on Saturdays. So just, <laughs> I'll just, uh, you just pay like a certain fee and I'll take you through a game and diagnose it. Or Sunday, we'll just watch the game and I'll diagnose it for you. That's something. But <laughs> talking about being a coach, I don't, I, I don't think I could be a football coach. I honestly, something that is pre, something I've always wanted to, I can't say always wanted to do, but I mean, being a strength coach, because strength coaches, they spend so much. Strength coaches are such a big part on uh, athletes' development. So being able to be like a strength coach, like with like high schoolers, or o- open up like a facility, like open up a training facility and be able to train like high schoolers or collegiate athletes or something like that. That's something that's always that's something that's always been like interesting to me but also i always wanted to do something in the health uh in the healthcare field because healthcare that's such i just want to help people and healthcare that's such a good way to be able to help so many people at once so i've i've i'm not sure what i'm gonna do yet but after i graduate i will i will try to get my master's but i'm not sure why i'm gonna get my master's yet because the info has programs where they pay for you they give you money to use for your master's or undergraduate or anything. So I'll let yeah, you man. know. I'll let you know. And hopefully I have a 10 year career. So <laughs> in 2020, yeah, I was just about, yeah, I was just about <laughs> to say, man, I don't think you got to worry about choosing a career for a long, long time, buddy. Yep. And we, and none of us want you to have to choose a career for a long, long time, but I, uh, I know for certain that no matter what you do choose to end up doing um, after football ends, you're going to be successful because you're one of the most driven dudes uh, I've ever met. And there's a reason that you're so successful on the football field. And it's because you work your ass off and that's really all, you know, so uh, James, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. We really appreciate you coming on Hawk fans. Make sure you thank him on social media. Um, just let him know how much we appreciate him as a Hawk, how much we appreciate him as a guest, as a friend and as a brother. Um, it's been a pleasure, James. Thank you very much. And from the Washington walk-ons Hawks by a million. Hey, Hawks by yeah, a million. Yeah. Yeah, hey, man, also follow me on, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, J A M S D A N S. Thank you for having me. All right, James, one last spiel. It's been awesome having you. First guest ever on the Washed Up Walk-Ons podcast. One last thing you want all of Hawkeye Nation to know before you leave. So uh, so anybody out there who plays who plays FIFA, hit me up. <laughs> I'm, because of the season, I really stopped playing, but this offseason, I'm going I'm to get back playing. So hit me up. I consider... When I'm in form, I'm the best FIFA player in the Midwest. But except for that, thanks for having me. From Warren, Ohio to Iowa City, Iowa to Chicago, Illinois. Thank you. There you have it, folks. James Daniels, best FIFA player in the Midwest. That's going to do it for us washed up walk-ons. Everybody, all five million. Let's have a day. Hey guys, real quick before you go, this is Tyler here from the Washed Up Walk-Ons, and we want to thank you guys again 
from the bottom of our hearts for making this podcast something that we've been able to enjoy and do this entire 2018 fall and now the first couple weeks of 2019. It's been amazing. You guys have uh, allowed us to do something that um, is very exciting and, and something that we enjoy very much, and, and we hope that you guys get out of it what you want as well. This is the end of Season 1. We will be back in hopefully three to four weeks. We're going to take about a month off, uh, and, and we'll be back with Season 2 with many more guests. We're hoping to have and try to get on a guest per episode, um, but there's only bigger and better things to come from the Washed Up Walk-Ons. Again, be on the lookout for the new merch. Um, that will be figured out eventually here. Um and we hope you guys have a, a great January to start this year off, right? We'll be back sometime in February. Other than that, there's not much more to say. Everybody, Hawks by a million. Have a day. I'm MJ Acosta-Ruiz. And I'm Lindsay Zarniak. And together we'll be hosting the On Her, Her Turf, Turf podcast. podcast. This summer, On Her Turf is hosting a daily Olympics podcast that focuses exclusively on women's sports and the amazing women competing in Tokyo. We'll bring you interviews with Olympians and in-depth analysis on your favorite teams. Plus, we're going to talk about some of the challenges still facing women's sports today. So join us daily at On Her Turf as we cover all the excitement of the Tokyo Olympics. Be sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts and be sure to follow on her turf on Twitter and Instagram too. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.